This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody off. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hey, Steeler Nation, this is Jason Shedd, and you're listening to SteelerNation.com broadcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. I'm your host, G Stryker, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. Today, we're honored to have the Steelers beat writer for The Athletic and a Pittsburgh sports reporting legend, Ed Bouchette. Ed, welcome to the show. Where are you currently living? Hi, Stryker. I'm just outside Pittsburgh, Plum, Pennsylvania. I've been there for a long time, 35 years. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, I, we're living in a strange age now nowadays, Ed, and I wanted to know specifically, um, how is it that you are approaching writing articles during the pandemic, and how has your job changed with this social distancing? Well, I've taken the last two weeks off, so that's helped. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, uh, it, 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 you kind of run out of ideas at this time, Stryker. But, yeah. you know, uh, we, we haven't been involved with uh, face-to-face interviews in a long time. Yeah. Um, we weren't down there. You know, we usually go down to the facilities and uh, for the draft. That was canceled. Mm-hmm. Everything... I mean, us being there was canceled. Everything is done by Zoom or by phone, and I've talked to a bunch of people by Zoom and by phone, and yeah, you know, you just stuff like that. The draft carried us for a while, free agency for a little while. Yeah, the Steelers made players available on Zoom for a while. Yeah, I called up um, any number of players myself, former players, current players, just mm-hmm. to you know, Bill Cower a couple times I've talked to. Um, just to, to get some some stuff to write. Nice. And what is going on with the Hall of Fame this year specifically? Is it postponed, or are they going to do it later in the year? Well, I thought they were originally going to try and do the 2020 class in April, but now they've postponed it all the way until next year. And what they're oh, wow. going to do is the centennial class mm-hmm. um, will join the modern class. Gotcha. 
and all be inducted into the same at the same time on uh, one day. I believe it's a Friday, and then the next day, and this is next August. Uh-huh. The next day, the 2021 class, which of course hasn't been picked yet, nice. will be inducted, and those are those are planned for Canton. Uh, and the Steelers are supposed to again play in the Hall of Fame game against Dallas. Nice, and you're being inducted as well. Oh no! Oh okay. no! I've already done gone through that. Uh, 2014, I was I received that McCann award, and yeah. My name's on a plaque at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. And and I, I know you have your finger on the pulse of the NFL, so do you think that there will be football this year, and what do you think it would look like if they have it? I don't think they can pull it off, Stryker. I've been consistent in that for weeks and weeks. Uh, football is such a different game. You see the trouble these other sports are having yeah. getting started. I do think they'll – They'll be able to do something with those other sports, but uh, boy, they're having trouble left and right. You see what's going on in college football. Yeah. Now, obviously, college doesn't have the um, the assets that the NFL has. Uh, they just came out with those helmets, which I don't understand. They have holes in in the mouth where you breathe, so I don't okay. know how that's going to stop anything. Yeah. On those shields, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, I, it's just there's too many people, and the sport involves too much. You know, wrestling and yeah. pounding on each other and breathing on each other, I think, to pull it off. I, I just don't know how you're going to safely do it. And then mm-hmm. even if they do it, you're going to have a, you're going to have outbreaks. And then what do you do? Yeah. Do you, do you postpone a game? Do you cancel a game? Mm-hmm. Just sit 10 players out uh, who may have been in contact. I, I don't I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be really difficult um, with everything coming up. And like we're saying, I know at least in Germany they're having some success with the Bundesliga. They were able to finish that, the EPL as well in in, uh, London. But you're right. I mean, football is not as light contact as soccer is. There's there's definitely direct contact every play. You're getting people's uh, blood, sweat, and breath on you every play too. So it's going to be – And you know – Yeah. One more thing, Stryker. Mm -hmm. Europe has this thing under control a little better than we do. That's true. You know, um, yeah. that 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 also has to factor into it. Yeah. So, in 1985, I knew you started with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and I've been reading you my whole life. So it's really exciting to be able to talk to you about this kind of stuff. But was that the first year that you covered the Steelers, or did you cover the Steelers with another organization prior to the Post Gazette? Well, I actually joined the Post Gazette in '83, and the, oh, nice. I got on the beat in '85. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I worked uh, actually. Uh, one of my early jobs right out of college was with a small paper out this way, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I decided that I was going to cover all the Steeler home games, and that was in 1974. It was a pretty good decision wow. on my part. Yeah, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. I mean, if we had a two-man staff. We had to cover. Uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania sports. We had a lot of high school sports, but mm-hmm. and I was young, and I said that's what I want to do. And so in '74 and '75, I covered all their home games. I didn't do any traveling. Yeah. And then I, um, uh, after uh, working for another paper for a short time, I went to work at the Tribune Review in Greensburg, which oh, wow. eventually became the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Yeah. And I covered again was covering a lot of the home games, most of the home games. There were two of us who covered, and my boss at the time traveled, but he let me travel some in the 70s, too, mm-hmm. uh, and in the early 80s. So 
uh, and training camp was just down, down the road from Greensburg. I was there a lot. Um, yeah, that's true. And yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I covered a lot before um, I joined the Post Gazette. Nice. Uh, w- what kind of access did you have then as a new reporter with the seventy-five and seventy or seventy-four and seventy-five teams? You had the same access everybody else did. That's the one thing I always loved about the Steelers is cool. uh, if you were the New York Times or the Timbuktu Times, um, you had the same, pretty much the same access. Right. Um, you know, back then, if you were covering training camp, you'd go up to the great PR guy, Joe Gordon, mm-hmm. and you'd tell him, look, I'd like to interview Joe Green this yeah. afternoon. And he'd say, okay, I'll put you down. I'll get back to you. Okay. And then you get back to you say, okay, you go to Joe Green's room at the dorm. He's in room 222. Mm-hmm. Um, he's waiting for you at 1.30. And wow. I'd go up, knock on a door. Joe would open a door, and we'd sit down for a half hour. Nice. And that's how it was with everybody. Yeah, I cool. did that a lot. That's how we interviewed guys back then. We'd go to their rooms. Nice. And that was cool with them. They they didn't treat you any differently than you being younger reporters starting out? Not that I recall. Awesome. Uh, striker, not that, not that I recall. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, so then, I mean, you were with the, um, the, the, the Gazette, the Post-Gazette for, what was it, 36 years? Yeah, 83 until I joined the Athletic last, uh, a year ago in April. Wow. April 2019, 2019. So how did your job evolve then? within the Post-Gazette when you were from where you started to up through the 2019? Well, I, I, I went there with the idea I was going to write. They didn't have any specific beat or position open, but so I was editing a lot. And then, um, I had actually cover the Cleveland Browns. Uh, every time they were home, they'd send me up and cover the, the Cleveland Browns game that week. And, uh, I was kind of like the Browns beat guy in Pit, from Pittsburgh, and wow. then uh, back when, when they were I, good, when though. A position <laughs> open. Yeah, right. <laughs> when a position opened, uh, uh, the new team, the USFL team, came to Pittsburgh, the Maulers. I oh, was put on that beat, mm-hmm. and they only lasted a year. I covered Pitt for a little bit, and then um, in '85, the post post Gazette put me on the Steelers. And I still do a lot of other sports. I do some features on baseball. I run around and do basketball stories around the country right. after the football season was over. But then football developed into really a year-round sport everywhere. Wow, yeah. And yeah. Um, so that's pretty much that's all I did for, for years and years was just cover the Steelers for the Post-Gazette. Didn't do a whole lot else. Now, I know a lot of Steeler Nation recognize your face from being on TV, so I know you transitioned to TV reporting as well. Can you let us know how that started? Um, there was there was a person, um, well, in 1990, mm-hmm. KDKA came to me and, and asked me if I'd like to go on the air a couple times a week with some Steeler reports, and I did that. That only lasted a year, and then... Um, I was doing radio, uh, a radio talk show and the Steeler pregame show on radio. And that was at another station in town, WTAE. And they said, hey, you should do TV. I said, okay. (laughs) So they put me on TV a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. 
And then when um, the uh, CBS got the uh, AFC games yes. back in, what was that, 96, 97? Yeah, somewhere early 90s. There. 95, yeah. I forget what. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, more mid-90s, I thought. But okay. anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, you might be right. Might might have been. No, it was like mid-90s. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so um, they KDKA, which is CBS, came after me and mm-hmm. offered me a package of doing pregame shows with them and yeah. going on TV twice a week on a six o'clock news. And I've been doing that ever since. Nice. <laughs> now I know you have relationships with so many different people in the Pittsburgh area. Did you have a relationship with Myron Cope? Oh my, my yes. <laughs> oh, go, t- tell us <laughs> yeah, uh, Myron because we have a lot. Of, had, yeah, go ahead, please. Let us know how, how Myron is. Myron and I had a, Myron and I had a few parties together many, many times, um, uh, you know, on the road at home. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Myron and I used to be on his radio show once in a while, Yeah, but I spent a lot of time with Myron mainly in training camp, mm. you know, his room, he'd stay up there and I'd get down to his room once in a while and we'd just sit around and BS and, mm. um, We'd go out and have a couple beers um, at night. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time with Myron Cope. And what type of guy was he then uh, to get to paint a picture? Just like you'd think. Yeah. You know, just as you might imagine. Um, that was him. He was full of uh, creativity. Mm. Um, you know, he was – I would never miss his show. I would always listen because he was so – um, creative and enjoyable and interesting. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk shows now. All they do is repeat the same thing over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Uh, now these guys now are on four hours and Myron was only on two hours at his height. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was really, there, there weren't many talk shows going on around then either. Mm. But, um, yeah, he was, he was, I, Myron was a good man. Uh, he, he uh, was very, as a word he might use, delightful um, mm. to be around. Nice. And you've also had the pleasure of covering all three of the most recent coaches, Noel, Cower, and Tomlin. Can you discuss their demeanor with the press, and how were your personal interactions with them? Well, with uh, Chuck, Chuck was not very um, forthcoming, uh, didn't elaborate on certain things, but if you got him going on the right topic, uh, he could barely be good. And if you, uh, uh, it, every once in a while, he would drop a line on you that you'd go, wow, that was pretty good, you know? And it, yeah. he would say it with a dry kind of, kind of, uh, sense, you know, mm-hmm. it would, it would not be, uh, He'd not be laughing when he said it or anything. He'd just drop that line, and then you'd go, whoa. Uh, <laughs> I remember one player uh-huh. one player came, one under um, underperforming player came, and, and he was a higher pick, let's say top three or four anyway. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he was injured yeah. in a car wreck. Oh. Not seriously injured. Yeah. Okay. Broke something or other. And, yeah. uh, Chuck's Somebody said, Chuck, how long do you think he'll be out? And he said, well, for a normal human, it should be six weeks. And he said, that's about right. 
And what he meant was he wasn't above being a normal human. You know? Yes. Like a star athlete. Yep, yep. But, um, uh, you know, there was uh, – and then Bill Cower was gruff. Yeah. Very focused, very um, – you know, a lot of times uh, he did not have a bedside manner. Hmm. But, again, he would come out with stuff that just – and I'll, I'll combine a um, – uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I'll combine a Myron Cope and Bill Cower story at a uh-huh. press conference one time. Uh-huh. Bill was talking about his normal Tuesday press conference, you know, which is on TV and yeah. his radio and there's a ton of media there. Bill sometimes struggled with certain words. Okay. And, um, he, he was talking about, uh, I forget which team it was, maybe the Patriots, some, somebody. Mm. And he said, uh, they tried to circumcise the rule. <laughs> and we just, we just all went, Oop, you know, and kind of <laughs> giggled to ourselves. And yeah. Cope chimes up. Uh, Cope, who is Jewish, yeah. chimes up and he says, Bill, Bill, is that a Jewish rule? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bill meant circumscribe the rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, uh, the, but that's the perfect way to answer that. <laughs> and then, um, how is Tom? And then, uh, Mike, Mike Tomlin, um, I, I think he's a little combination. He, he's got a little knoll in him, but mm-hmm. he's, he's, uh, he's much more talkative. Uh, maybe you've seen some of his press conferences. Yeah, can, many. Yeah, you know you can you can you can understand what I'm talking about. He's he um, and he comes up with some big words and he's very smart. William and William he didn't go to William and Mary just to play football. Yeah. Very smart man. Yeah. Um, and uh, the players really love him, I think. Mm. And uh, but he's not. A lot of people try and say a player's coach. I, I wouldn't tag him with that because mm-hmm. he knows how to he knows how to push their buttons. Um, yeah, I, I I like Mike, and um, you know I think he uh, after all these years, what's he's going into his fourteenth year? I oh think my this gosh. year. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah. Never seen him lose a team. You know, mm-hmm. never. And of course, he never had a losing record. Yeah. A lot of people say that's because Ben Roethlisberger has been his quarterback, but well, it wasn't last not year. Not last year, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, so since you've reported on their coaching styles and winning, losing games, um, what struck you the most as being the biggest differences in their coaching styles? Well, Chuck was – Chuck. I'm going to say Chuck was old school. You know, mm-hmm. he got in trouble for putting pads on his players – in a mini camp when he wasn't supposed to, and they lost a third round draft pick, you know, very stubborn. I think, well, I'm going to say all good coaches that I've seen, these three coaches all have a stubborn streak. Yeah. You know, they rarely say they're wrong, Mm -hmm. even when they know they are. (laughs) Um, But Chuck was, Chuck was pretty old school. And then, you know, that's, that was his time. 69. He he came, he played in the fifties with the Browns. Um, and he left at, after the 91 season. And then I think Bill Cower was, had a combination old school yet, uh, adapted to the new times with a free agency and a salary cap really well. Yeah. 
um, recruited. You know, he was pretty good at recruiting players in free agency. Uh, you know, he'd get a guy in here and he wouldn't wouldn't let him leave until he signed a contract. Hmm. Uh, now, you know, you could say a guy could have still left, but you know, he he'd throw everything at him until he signed that contract. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike Tallman, um, you know, his he's an ultra modern coach mm-hmm. and um but I think he still has some old school in him as well. Uh you know, he uh he he can adjust. People say he doesn't some people I should say say he doesn't do a very good job on game day. I I disagree. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll yeah. I, I love these people who say he can't make adjustments at halftime. How do they know that? Yeah. You know, yeah. would they know an adjustment if they saw one? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, in a way, I think the, uh, he let that 2017, was it 2017 season? Is that the one they, they lost to Jacksonville? Yes. Yeah. The 2017 season kind of get away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was a season I thought that they could have gone, at least gone to a Super Bowl. Maybe it may have won one, but, yeah. uh, you know, they didn't. Now, you also had the pleasure of working and following the Steelers, reporting on the Steelers through all three of their owners as well. So did you were you able to interview them as well? Did you have any relationship with Art and uh, Dan and, and Art, uh, Art Second? Yeah, fortunately, I had good relationships with all of them. Mm. Um, Art, Art Senior, I'm, uh, I'm looking at right now on my, oh. <laughs> on my wall, I have a caricature of him uh, not a caricature it's a painting of him a mm-hmm. uh, copy of a painting mm-hmm. and a note he sent me when he was up in Canada oh. it's, uh, it's from 1987 uh-huh. uh, he used to come into the press room and there weren't a lot of press back then in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, who who worked there you know yeah. and I'd be in there kind of by myself and he'd come in and he'd go want to go to lunch <laughs> and I'd say sure. Yeah, <laughs> and he'd take me up to the Allegheny Club um, at Three River Stadium, and just he and I would have lunch, and he'd introduce me all around like I was his son, you know. <laughs> um, nice. But he did that a number of times, oh, wow. um, where he took me to lunch, and mm-hmm. when they were doing the strike in '87, they were they had a thing down at the end of the hall where the PR guys were. Joe Gordon was going to explain everything that was going to go on during the strike. And yeah. I was walking down the hall and the chief, I'd call, I called him the chief, Art Rooney senior. Yeah. He grabs me, he grabs me and he says, come here. <laughs> and he brings me into his office oh. and he says, sit down. And I said, okay. He says, I'm going to, I want you to write this down. Mm-hmm. And I said, chief, I said, I, I, I just was going to get my notebook and my pen and my tape recorder. He says, here. And he shoves some black and gold personal stationery that says Art Rooney Sr. on it uh-huh. and a pen. Yeah. And he says, write this down. And he <laughs> he was worried it was going to ruin the National Football League, the strike. And oh, wow. So everybody else had a story from the PR guy, and I had a story the next day from Art Rooney Sr. talking about the strike and how it was going to ruin the game. And I Mm. still have those notes, by the way. Wow. On his stationery. That is something else. And then, and of course, his 
his son Dan was a, a big part of the organization as well too. I think he's the president at the time while he was while Art was the owner, and then of course he became the owner as well. So what was it like um, working with Dan also? Yeah, Dan and I really had a good relationship. I kind of grew up into the organization when he, um, even in the 70s, um, I interviewed him. But in the 80s and 90s, I was in his office a lot. In 2000s, I mean, from starting from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, he's invited me, you know, to his home. Mm. Uh, he... Uh, he sent me notes when he was um, when he was ambassador in Ireland. I still have Christmas oh, cards wow. from him from over there. Uh, we were as 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 much as a writer and an owner can be. I'm not calling him, you know, my best friend or anything, but yeah, we 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 were relatively close as as, as that relationship can go. Mm. I remember once he he criticized. He criticized an official uh-huh. uh, for something. I forget what it was. And you don't do that. Yeah. And I, I said to him, I, I said, do you want this on the record? He said, yes. <laughs> and that cost that cost him a big fine. Yeah. It yeah. cost him, I think, 25 grand for, for saying that. Mm. And uh, uh, even once, uh, he at the time was trying to get the Heinz field built and uh, he thought mayor murphy at the time was dragging his feet yeah and uh he was not happy with mayor murphy mm-hmm. and he came over to the sideline and he starts ranting about mayor murphy and he calls him mayor smurphy <laughs> and i <laughs> i go now, to now Dan, was he short go, in stature as well yes yes that's why he did it and others <laughs> others others had called him that but you yeah. know, and yeah. I said to Dan, I said, Dan, can I use that? Mayor Smurphy. He stopped. He thought. He says, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and, of course, that raised an uproar. Oh, geez. He once with the coffee pot down at the end of uh, at Three River Stadium. They had a hallway with a coffee pot at the end, a little kitchenette. Yeah. And we were allowed to go down there and get coffee. And I was down all the time drinking coffee. Mm-hmm bumping into people all the time. And he, he saw me go down there once after a loss in Cleveland. Yeah. And he comes up and he starts ranting and raving about the, and I say ranting and raving. You, you got to understand Dan Rennie didn't rant and rave. Those yeah. are my words. Yeah. He was criticizing the, the coaching staff. Oh, wow. And called it stupid, stupid coaching decisions. And wow. Chuck Noll was the coach at the time. Yeah. And again, I said, so he's saying all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, man, you know, because I always considered down by the coffee pot off the record, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, unless guys wanted to be, you know, and I could use it as background, you know, just information. Yeah. But I thought long and hard about that. And I went back to Dan, mm-hmm. knocked on his door at his office, saw his secretary, and I said, Dan, what you just said about stupid coaches Stupid coaching decision, not stupid coaches. Yeah, stupid yeah. coaching decisions. Mm-hmm. I said, again, I said, was that for the record? And he said, yes. Wow. So I had another good story. <laughs> that's the kind of relationship we had. You yeah, know? yeah. And and then how was your relationship then with uh, uh, 
Art Rooney the second. Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good with Art. Uh, not as good as it was with Dan. Yeah. Um, but it's good. You know, um, Art's been really good uh, to be around. He's very uh, thoughtful. Doesn't fly off the handle. You know, the ownership in Pittsburgh. People here are very lucky to have these owners. Um, you know, Art uh, is probably more measured in what he says like he would never i don't think you'll ever catch him saying what dan did about the officials or about the coaches or about uh uh you know pretty much anything that's going to openly criticize someone on his team or another team but uh he's very measured in that way but uh art's a good man and uh you know i i have his phone number Mm. that's great now, you're a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee and obviously have a Hall of Fame vote. Uh, Donnie Shell finally right. made it in this year from the 70s teams. Um, so do you believe there are still players from that era that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I think there's one, Elsie Greenwood. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'll ever make it. Mm. Um, there was a big push for Andy Russell. I don't think Andy's going to make it. Yeah. Um, but. I think someday I'll see someone's going to look back and say, wow, how come he never got in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he's... But he, he was a great player. And, and, you know, that great steel curtain defense, Joe Green's... I mean, the front line. Yeah. Uh, Joe Green is the only one from that front line of yeah. the four yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Mm. And Elsie uh, should be in. And not a player, but uh, Bill Nunn. Bill, and I think Bill Nunn's going to go in next year. I really do. Uh, nice. I think you'll see him go in as uh, as the contributor nice. for 2021. Nice. <clears throat> there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need more, They have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. I've got a, a list of some more possible... Uh, Hall of Fame players after uh, the 70s era, obviously. And I want to know, from your opinion, whether you they'd get your vote or would not. And one of them would be my favorite wide receiver, Heinz Ward. Oh, he would definitely get my vote. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But mm-hmm. the problem for Heinz is a lot of people didn't see – it's hard to put blocking on paper. You know yeah, what I mean? It is. Uh, he, he, uh, and, and just to call a wide receiver, a great blocker, mm. um, you know, might elicit some laughs, but he, people shied away from him yeah. because of the way he blocked. Oh yeah. And I think it opened things up for them. It did. His yeah. reputation alone, he didn't have to throw the block. Mm. The threat of, of having Hines out there made guys look, you know the old head on a swivel kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, and 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 for a guy who played, um, he didn't 
play with a great quarterback until '04. Um, you know, he played with some okay quarterbacks and some bad quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah. He played. He played in the North. Mm-hmm. He played in the AFC North and AFC Central. Yep. You know, um, mo- all outdoors, mostly cold weather cities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of them on grass, not on turf, and um, played for a team that liked to run the ball more than throw it. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you're right. If you added all that up. To me, Heinz Ward definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to make it. Mm. So how about another? And plus, he won an MVP in a Super Bowl. Exactly. That's usually something else you need to kind of push you over the edge for a Hall of right. Fame nod is is getting that extra accolade, whether it's winning a Super Bowl, but also being named MVP. That's that's something right. that he's always going to have. Um, so I'll take it to another receiver who we all know, but might be a little too early. Antonio Brown. Uh, I need to know if he's going to play again. Yeah. If he's going to play again and can add to his stats, if you, at 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 the same kind of level he was doing here, mm-hmm. I'd say yes. Yeah. If not, uh, he's going to be borderline because. His numbers aren't up there right now with the with the, some of the best. Yeah, uh, you can you can look at what he did in a number of seasons. Like maybe you could compare him to uh, Terrell Davis. You mm-hmm. know, even though even though Antonio had a longer career, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, if it ended now, it was cut short, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and maybe the people will look at it that way, but also Terrell did a lot in the postseason mm-hmm. that Antonio hasn't done. Um, yeah, with two two wins there in the Super Bowls. Super yeah, Bowls. Yeah, right. definitely. Right. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, he's in. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's in. Um, two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, one, two. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he doesn't have an MVP. Um, as either the league or a Super Bowl, although I thought he should have gotten Super Bowl Forty Three MVP. I do too. I agree completely. Uh, over San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, not that San Antonio wasn't great, but yeah. I thought, you know, he he did make a great catch. He, he did. dropped that one before, <laughs> and Ben put him at, put those balls, both those balls, in the right spot to win the game. Yes. And San Antonio caught one of two. Yep. Um. But you know. Uh, I think he'll make it. I do. I think his numbers will be good. It's two Super Bowl wins, three visits. I think maybe he has another one in him too. Fingers crossed. How about Cam? If he'd have beaten Green Bay, he'd be definitely oh. be in. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, yeah. that's that's an odd thing to say though, too, because he has multiple Super Bowl wins, and generally, if you're a multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback, you're a lock for the Hall of Fame. Um, well, you know, plumber aside, but uh, <laughs> there's uh there's uh what's his name new england and oakland uh is it plumber uh, no no no, no. no. New oh, england, plunkett. Plunkett. he won a plunkett yeah, yeah jim yeah. plunkett won Wrong. two and he's not in that's true <clears throat> and he may be the only one i think well eli's just retired correct we'll see on eli you know <laughs> that's true too having the manning name i think it's going to help him no matter what <laughs> playing, playing in new york doesn't hurt either truth um what do you think about cam hayward 
I love Cam. I think he is one of the best defensive linemen in the league right now, as his own pro stature will tell you. Mm-hmm. But he was a late bloomer, and he's got some catching up to do at, what, 31? Yeah. Um, right now, no, he's not a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. but his career isn't over yet either. That's true. How about Marquise Pouncey? Pouncey has a lot of Pro Bowls, all pros. Mm-hmm. He's got a shot. Yeah, he's got a shot. I would I vote for him? Yes, you know. That's probably, you know, subjective a little bit, some <laughs> people might say, but yeah. uh you know, he's he's been a dominant center for a long time. Um and has the you know, the the pro bowls and all pros to 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 go with it. So he'll be uh and he's not again, he's not done yet either. Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, what? How about the guy just to his right and David DeCastro? Uh, David's not done yet either. Mm-hmm. Uh, guards, as we're finding out with Alan Fanica, yeah, yeah, are hard to determine. Um, you know, I thought Fanica would be in a long time ago. Yeah, I think he. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll still get in, but it's it's tough waiting like that for him. Um, DeCastro has a chance. Um, but again, I'm not sure. Uh, he, he needs maybe another all pro. Yeah. And I got one more player for you. A player that hasn't just played for the Steelers in Joe Hayden. Well, Joe's not, I, Joe's not a hall of famer. Okay. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's too old now to, uh, to do that. He's only been into what? Three pro bowls. Um, Thinks. I love Joe. Yeah. Uh, very good player. Uh, pro bowler last year. He's never made an all pro. Okay. And I'm trying to be objective and looking at the picture here of how they pick, and I just don't see it. Gotcha. So if this year happens, how do you see Chase Claypool fitting onto this team? Well, without the spring, you know, all these rookies are going to be at a disadvantage because they didn't have the work the on-field work with in with their new teammates in the spring. Yeah. Uh, and who knows, you know, who knows what training camp's going to be like. But at the very least, I've said this with Chase, he's so big, mm-hmm. you know, not just tall. He's filled out, and he's so fast. Mm-hmm. You could stick him on the outside and just tell him to go deep. Yeah. Draw the attention, you know? Yep. Uh, it's what they do with Mike Wallace early on. Yeah. Well, for the most part, that's what they did with Mike Wallace. Um, <laughs> yeah, the one-trick pony. <laughs> you know, Chase is a Notre Damer. Yeah, he'll probably pick things up pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, I, I, it, it, what, what he may have been able to do had he, you know, had this been a normal year, might have been a little more. But I still yeah. think you can put him out there and, and say, "Go deep, young man." Yeah. Now with. Matt Filer moving from right tackle into guard. You now have Chuk Sikorafor and, and Zach Banner battling out for the the right tackle position. And who do you think has the early lead right now in this competition? Well, I think uh, Zach does because of his experience, um, especially last year filling in at that tight end position. And you know, he's come a long way. He lost all that weight and really developed. Uh, since he's been drafted, or since he the Steelers picked him up, yeah, they brought, got him from um, Indy, yeah, right. And 
Uh, I, I'm a little surprised, and I still, I'm not sure this won't happen, Skyler, that um, Wisniewski will play left guard and Filer will play right tackle. Okay. Be- I say that because, again, of the lack of um, opportunities this year for these guys to take reps in the spring. Yeah. And, again, who knows what training camp's going to be like. You know, uh, Filer has played right tackle. You know he can play there. Mm-hmm. Wisniewski's certainly played guard. Yes. Um, he can play center and force, I'm too. Not... Yeah. yeah, well, that's in a pinch. I yes. mean, that's yeah. worst-case scenario with Pauke gets hurt. Yeah, true. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wisniewski has played, started at guard on Super Bowl teams, two different yeah. ones. So yeah. I'm not so sure that's not what's going to happen. You know, I was told a long time ago before this pandemic even hit that they were thinking of putting a Cora for or at least trying him at left guard. Oh, okay. That he was athletic enough um, and that he could play left guard and yeah. would be a good one, they thought. Mm-hmm. But again, when the pandemic hit, they're not going to ask him to learn that position, Yeah, a position he's never played, uh, in time to you know be able to to contribute there mm-hmm. and can you also speak to the improvement of the current defense and what would your ex- expectations for them be this season if they play well i would think they're going to be a top defense as they were last year and it took them a little bit yeah. uh you know it took the minka trade it took devin bush getting into the swing of things a little bit mm-hmm. uh and steven nelson was new um you know so you had really you had one, two, three new guys uh, in that defense uh, taking a little while and then you lost to it uh, as well and you had to put Hargrave out there. Um, so I I really do think they're going to be better than next year with one big qualifier. <laughs> they better not get hurt. Yeah. Because yeah. they have no depth. Yeah. None. They have no... Actually, cornerback may be the best depth they have mm. They have really none at safety, none at any of the linebacker spots. Mm. You know, with Chicolo gone, yeah, uh, no experience at outside linebacker, mm. um, and really not, not much at inside linebacker after um, Bush and Vince. Yeah, I thought they would. I thought they would sign somebody at at uh, at least inside linebacker. Finding good outside linebackers is tough. Yeah. But I thought they could have found an inside, better an inside linebacker to come in and help out there. And who knows? You know, they, that could still happen as teams cut down. And I wanted to get your opinion also on Bud Dupree. He's obviously filing a grievance on trying to be named a defensive lineman as opposed to an outside linebacker to up his franchise amount. Do you think he has a chance of winning that grievance? I think he should win it. I mean, that's what he is, basically. Um, you know, this designation for these salaries, uh, for these tag salaries, is, is really not fair, especially to three, four yeah. outside linebackers or, you know, three, four defensive ends. Mm. Because um, Cam Hayward, you know, they – I forget the routine they went through to have him designated a tackle for various things. And he, that's how he made all pro as a tackle, not an end. Yeah. We've been calling him an end here for years yeah. because he was a three, four end. Yep. 
but he's really an inter- kind of an interior tackle in a four three. Yeah. Um. So you know, if if he can be a tackle in a three four, why can't the the pre be an end in a in a three four? I mean, who's yeah. the ends in a three four defense if Cam is a tackle or yeah. the end? <laughs> TJ and it, yeah, it have to be the, the two outside linebackers. That's a great. And point. I saw a stat. Yeah. I saw a stat somewhere. I mean. It was like eighty percent of the time he played. He was rushing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's worked at other times, you know, uh, uh, for for some players. Uh, whether they were, uh, I'm trying to think if it was an N versus uh, a four three N, and I'm having trouble remembering who that might have been, but uh, I think he won his grievance, and I think. Bud should win it too. Yeah. Um, and people are saying, well, why did he sign his thing as a linebacker? Mm-hmm. Well, he signed it because that's what they designated him as. It yeah. wasn't up to him to designate himself. Yeah. And if he didn't sign it, that, that money wouldn't be guaranteed. Once he signs it, it's guaranteed. So yes. he's protecting himself and then filing a grievance. That's yeah. the way you do it. Yep. Now, you've had a long, storied career with the Steelers. Is there a moment that stands out to you or a few moments while you're covering them that really just that you always remember or, 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 or view fondly? Well, you always remember the, you know, the uh, Super Bowl wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, those two games. Actually, I covered Super Bowl. 14 as well out wow. at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, and I could still see Lambert intercepting that pass deep in his own territory and Stallworth catching the big one mm-hmm. that barely won the game. Um, you know, there, there's so many striker. Uh, yeah. A lot of them, as players will tell you, maybe not so much plays as it is, uh, as it is uh, relationships and that kind of thing. Um, you know, watching James Harrison return that interception a hundred yards (laughs) was incredible. And I, I talked to him a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and I had him go almost step by step with me, Mm -hmm. uh, through that again. And I I wrote a story for the athletic that was, uh, it was really good, not because I wrote it, but because (laughs) James told me about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, my first trip out. My first Super Bowl, like I said, Super Bowl fourteen, I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then being in L.A. and everything that was out there. Yeah. Um. Uh. My. Uh, in 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 um. You know, I've I've reported so many, what I think are good stories through the years. Mm-hmm. I won a statewide award for a story I did on Carlton Hasselrig and. It, struggles he was going through you know yeah pro bowl guard who had all the talent in the world and then just uh it it, it he he had some demons that he yeah. had a fight and yeah it it hurt his career but mm. anyway it's uh it's been a nice ride covering him i'll tell you that it's uh, uh i've covered probably the best years there were to cover 70s i was not involved like i am now as a beat guy but i was i was around nice nice 
And now we're at the portion of the podcast where we take questions from Steeler Nation. So at SteelerNation.com, we've got our forum members that come in and they ask questions specific to you. And I've got a question here from Drink Iron City. He says, who was your greatest influence in journalism? Well, I have had a number of them. Um, professors uh, at, at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, where I went. Um, bosses. Uh, Bruce Kyden, really, uh, at the Post-Gazette, who hired me. He was the sports editor, the late, great Bruce Kyden had a big effect on me, uh, on reporting, on writing. He spent time with me. He's the one who put me on the Steeler beat. He gave me my shot by hiring me and telling me I would write, uh, but he didn't have a job position at the moment. So I'd have to edit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, probably besides the professors, Bruce Kyden, um, at, at the Post-Gazette as a boss. Nice. Of all the players you've covered in the past and present, is there one particular that stands out to you as an athlete and a man? Oh, man, there's too many. <laughs> uh, really. Very, very, there's so many. Damani Dawson, mm. the salt of the earth. Mm. Um, Jerome Bettis, mm. one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I just, I, I would hate to miss anybody. Yeah. I'll tell you, Ben Roethlisberger... Mm -hmm. Uh, has uh, really turned the corner nice. um, uh, from from what he was early on in his career. Yeah, um, he's 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 grown up a whole lot and really, I think, become what you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, nice, you know, Heinz Ward, um, uh, many many offensive linemen. I will tell you that they, mm -hmm. they seem to have a special place uh they're just those guys are 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 down to earth and good people for the most part you know cam yeah. hayward i love cam mm. um you know it's it just uh there's so many of them through the years that i uh frank pollard i don't know if people even remember him frank was a running back gave more than he had um and I, I've talked to him a couple times lately. Mm -hmm. He's having or has had both knees, both hips, and a shoulder replaced. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, thanks to football, you mm -hmm. know, but yeah. he wasn't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's something else. Now, as a quick aside, since you did mention Ben Roethlisberger, as a fan, it seems to me like we see the progression of Ben um, obviously from when he was a little bit more immature to him becoming the man and, and more spiritually driven family man now. Um, though when he still comes out with, with good stories, it seems like there's still a bias against him from the media. Do you sense that, or is that something that you've noticed? I sense it more nationally. Um, yeah. And, and I, 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 I don't want to say his early career is maybe uh, part of the reason people just remember what what he was like early on and yeah um but i i don't know they they you know he i've seen his words picked apart a whole lot more mm -hmm. than others yes. you know yeah um and at times he's blunt and maybe that that is a reason too mm -hmm. you know that he's he's blunt on some things and uh 
you know, uh, but I, I don't know. I can't speak for others. I do know that he came up to me in 2010 after he returned from his away from the team for a while. This was during minicamp and asked to speak to me. And I went outside with him and he shook my hand. He stuck out his hand and shook my hand. Yeah. He says, I want to apologize. And I said, what for? Mm-hmm. He said, for being a jerk. Oh. <laughs> and I said, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Uh-huh. He said, no, he says, I, I'm promising you right now you're going to see a different me. And I have. Wow. You know, wow. He's been, he's been great yeah. to be around. I, w- I couldn't say that before 2010. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, from 04 to 2010 was a good, you know, good example of uh, a number of years. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, since then, the next 10 years, I, I've, uh, I've enjoyed covering him. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, still right. Steeler nation, uh, com member asked, do you think the punishment handed down to the Patriots for illegally videotaping the Bengals was a fair punishment? Well, see, I don't know all the particulars. Um, mm-hmm. but I do know they were filming the sideline and that's not what they were there for. Yeah. And that's what got them into trouble before. Yeah. And, uh, the thing with the, you know, if a player, let's take James Harrison, for example, if he was fined for, you know, unnecessary roughness on for something or other, mm-hmm. and he did it again, his fine would go up. And if he did it again, his yes. fine would go up. And that's yep. how they work with players. Yeah. Well, it seems with the Patriots, the stuff keeps is going down. Yes. Yes. You, know? <laughs> you lose a first-round draft pick. The I first mean, there are multiple. Yeah. 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 It's multiple uh, violations. Uh, yeah. You know, what, 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 the next time you do something, what's it going to be? A fifth round pick. Yes. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a good thing that the Patriots aren't in major league baseball because it seems that they take their sign, sign stealing a little bit more, uh, seriously over there. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, although that was, that, that may have been, I don't know. Baseball doesn't like to have its um, its traditions mm-hmm. muddied. Yes. Um, you know, there are football players who, all kinds of football players who use steroids who are in the Hall of Fame, but mm-hmm. in baseball, they don't want to let them in. Yeah, that's or, true. At least the voters don't. Yeah. And our last question from Ike Kelly asked, we remember your chat sessions online from the Post-Gazette. Uh, do you, did you enjoy doing them or did fans get on your nerves de- during these sessions? <laughs> Too many stupid questions when I was at the Post-Gazette <laughs> on those chats. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if people did it just to rile me up at some times when they realized that, uh, and a lot of questions I could pick and choose questions, so I yeah. didn't have to answer them all, you yeah. know, and I didn't because some of them were just way too stupid. Yeah. Um, but the post Gazette wanted me to do it mm. and I did it. And, uh, a lot of people didn't like how I answered the questions, including a couple mm. people at the post Gazette. Okay. And I had some bosses that were, um, that were shielding, that were shielding me from that. Okay. Um, but I still, they were, they, they still let me know that some people did not like how, and 
what they didn't like was my blunt answers sometimes. Yeah. You know, somebody would ask me a question, I might just say no, and that didn't need elaboration. Yes. Yeah. And they didn't like the fact that I didn't know because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I also was trying, I got so many questions, I was trying, I only did it for 30 minutes, I was trying to answer as many as I could uh-huh. in that 30 minutes. Yeah. And I didn't need long answers mm. to, to do that. Now, um, with the athletic, mm-hmm. I do two things. I do a mailbag, mm-hmm. which people email me or Twitter me uh, questions, yes. and I have time to look at them and answer them, you yeah. know, which you don't have in a chat. But I also do a chat probably once a month. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I hate to say it, but those questions are more intelligent than the athletic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, just for me personally, I enjoyed reading them. It, it, to me, your chats showed some quick insight and helped us out to fill in the gaps as fans for questions that we don't normally see during the week that are being that are not being answered. So I, you know, as far as for but the answer your question, striker. Yeah. Your, your second part of the question. Yes, I got to enjoy it. <laughs> Good. I, it it took me a while. But I got to enjoy it. Oh, that's great. And one final question from DIC again. Which is better, Peppies or Permani Brothers? Never had either. Uh, no, I shouldn't <laughs> say. I never had Peppies. Really? Nice. Um, no, and uh, Permani Brothers, I don't like the um, French fries on my sandwich. I can do with okay. the coleslaw. Yeah. And the French fries destroy the bread. Mm. So you can't really have a sandwich. So yeah. when I go to Permani Brothers, I either ask for the fries on the side or I take them off the sandwich and put them on the side. Gotcha. Steeler Nation, you have to follow and go to theathletic.com to check out Ed's articles. Please follow him on Twitter as well, at Ed Bouchette. That's at E-D-B-O-U-C-H-E-T-T-E. Ed, thank you so much for being a part of our show today. I loved having you on, loved being able to talk Steelers with you. So uh, thank you for taking the time. All right, Stryker, thanks. And if people are going to the Athletic, usually they can get a free trial. I don't. I, I, we had a 30-day trial going. But they can get a free trial. Just uh, go on my Twitter, find one of the stories I tweeted out, click on it, go in, see if you like it. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks again, Ed. We love it. All right, Stryker. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Steeler fans, you too can get great unique gifts on the SteelerNation.com gear page. We have every size and many color choices to satisfy all of Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the Internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click on the forum button for the best football discussion on the Internet. Subscribe to Steeler Nation YouTube channel to be the first to know about our live vidcasts and video uploads. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast. And follow your host, Stryker, on Twitter and Instagram at SN Stryker. And Stryker is spelled with a Y. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Stryker, with Ed Bouchette. Rooting along with you, as always, Go Steelers!